0: Hello and welcome to part two of episode three, where we break down our favorite albums of 2018.
1: This is going to be our last episode of 2018, and as such, it felt important to just reflect on what's happened this year, what's been released this year, mm-hmm. and what we found ourselves listening to. So we've got some, we've got a list. We've got, we've got some artists, some releases. To so talk we,
0: about. yeah, we couldn't stick with five. We came up with six. So six, which, six
1: each. Six
0: each. So twelve um, total, right? Yeah. So usually it's you know like top five, top ten. This is top six. We're different.
1: We're a little different.
0: Switch it up a little bit. <laughs> so these are the albums that we appreciated the most out of the year. Um, I do find it comforting that even though there's so much shit to weed through, and sh- when I say shit, I mean shit rap, um, there are were still so many important albums and so many good albums that were released this year. So that still gives me a lot of hope. As a hip hop fan. Sure. Um, I was able to easily find six. Um, and I could have easily added more to this list. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the interest of time, we shaved it down to six. It, it can be a little bit depressing out here sometimes to be a hip hop fan in 2018. But, you know, there there's good things happening. And so I, I want fe- people to feel not discouraged, but hopeful and and know that if you want good hip hop, it's out there. You just got to know where to
1: look. It's one of the positive things, I think, about our our day and age is that there's so much much music to choose from. Mm -hmm. It does make it hard to sort through at times, but there are so many options. Yeah. Something out there for everyone.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think technology has changed music so much, um, some for the bad, but for the good um, as well because you can – Access so much of this, you know, new great music and hip hop, because of the internet. Um, You know, I found so many incredible artists this year um, that I'd never heard of, and I mean, I just feel like so many people are putting out new projects every day, and not just new projects, you know, for the sake of new projects, but actually good shit, you know. So it's it's refreshing.
1: So I think we got a nice little mix here on our list of, uh, you know big artists established artists and some underground shit yeah all right so so give me one give me
0: okay so top of my list give
1: me one of your six is this in a specific order or it's
0: not i mean i just kind of threw it together it's not there's no order to this there's no rhyme or reason i threw together six that i loved from this year and that was that so first one i'll talk about is flintlock which is from knowledge of pirate yeah so this is actually his debut album but it's funny because knowledge of pirate has been out since the early 90s he yeah, wrapped for queen latifah he had a short-lived deal with interscope okay. um he was hooked up with teddy riley what yeah
1: i had no idea i did, did, not know that. did a
0: little bit of that new jack swing so yeah he was he's pretty old school You know, he was also still in the life then, still in the game. And so, like, he went back and forth. He was in jail for a while. Um, You know, things sort of fell apart in his scope. And so, like, he didn't really ever put out an album through that deal. And so, you know, in the midst of that, he gave up music. But he's been around for a while. So he's sort of a veteran in the game. But this is his debut album.
1: In 2018, does he have a he has some connection to Rock Marcy?
0: He does. Um, they're pretty tight, and so when he started coming around again, Rock featured him on a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, so you know, within Rock's discography, um, Knowledge was was on a more than a few tracks. Um, so he sort of got Knowledge back into the game. Okay. But I mean, he worked with. A bunch of people he did like he collabed with will smith randomly <laughs> which you know that's um, hilarious you but, would never um, you would
1: never know this shit if you listen to flint rock
0: no so charlie mack will smith's bodyguard discovered knowledge and turned will smith onto him so from there knowledge sort of hooked up with will and he said he didn't help him write material but it was more of a collaboration but let's be real he probably helped him write material
1: will smith yes for like now
0: not now um i forget what album it was i'm not very versed in will smith i'm gonna be honest like i think he's he did a lot for the culture but i think he's corny um
1: (laughs) (laughs) you wait you're saying that knowledge wrote for will yes not the other way around
0: not no no not the other way around no no (laughs) Um,
1: just had to be clear.
0: In, but in knowledge, in hearing knowledge talk about it, he says he didn't. He said, I would never say I wrote for him. It's more of a collaboration. You know, it can't. Okay. You wrote for him. Yeah, we read between the lines. <laughs> we wrote, you wrote for him, we which is fine. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people wrote for Will Smith. And so, yeah, it's just, I thought it was fascinating that he's been – In hip-hop for so long. But this is his debut album. Yeah. Flintlock is it. Yeah. And so I can't even remember how I came across this album. I have no idea. I I don't remember. But I liked it right away. A big part of hip-hop for me is storytelling. And that's what Flintlock is about for me. He talks a lot about the game. And he gives it straight to you. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. You know. And he's... This is first-hand experience because he kind of had one foot in a game and one foot in hip-hop. And that's sort of why he never was able to follow through in some of the projects that he was involved in.
1: Right.
0: Um, so, and he's, so
1: he's got a lot of stories to tell. He does. He's yeah.
0: He's got a lot of stories to tell. And he does it. And, you know, there's, there's times where I've kind of been turned off to the whole, you know, I'm trapping. Like, I'm in the game. Like, because... Some sometimes it's just so redundant, and I'm just like, okay, you were in the game, you were doing this, but what are you doing now? Like, talk to me about something else.
1: It's got to be some growth, yeah.
0: right? But I didn't feel like this when I listened to Flintlock because it wasn't. It just didn't seem that way. There was no sort of glorification of it. It was just kind of like, this is the life. It's fucking dangerous. It's fucking scary. But yeah. sometimes you don't have a fucking choice. You know, and I I really appreciated that about Flintlock, and so I I really gravitated towards that that aspect of his storytelling.
1: I think it's also reflected in the production, like the sound yeah. the sound of the record. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so I'll admit I I am and we'll probably talk more about this as we get into some of these other albums, but uh, I don't I don't know that I have the necessary words to describe it. But this the like minimalist production that has kind of, like, become a trend. Yeah. Um, With artists like Knowledge and Rock Marcy and Ka, who I'm going to, I want to talk about, uh, sometimes doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. But in certain situations, like on Flint Rock, I think it enhances the storytelling.
0: I agree with that, yeah.
1: There's not this, like, overproduced, like, heavy-hitting drum and bass and rhythm. Mm Mm-hmm. What you're left with is a sort of stripped down uh, approach, stripped down sound that forces you to focus on right on the storytelling and the lyrics and the, and the and the right and the flow
0: right and and I appreciate that because a lot of times I do get distracted if there's a banging ass beat in the background mm-hmm. I don't always fully pay attention to the lyrics because I'm listening to that beat and so with this. Like you said, you have no choice. You have to focus on what he's saying. Yeah. And so I, 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 would assume that that was a strategic move. I also think it is really popular now. Um, it is a lot, of, a lot of artists go for that stripped down production, and you don't, you, you know, you're waiting for that beat to drop, and it just never comes. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I think it works, and sometimes I think it's like okay, um, but it works a lot here.
1: Yeah.
0: It yeah. worked for Flintlock.
1: All right. So since I mentioned Cos Night... I'll give you one from my list. And it wasn't even released under Ka's name this year, but it was uh, Herbert and the Recluse, Orpheus versus the Sirens, which is a Ka project. So Ka's been doing his own thing for a number of years. Goes by, uh, you can find him online under Brownsville Ka. He's from Brownsville, uh, New York. Yeah, he like
0: pushes everything himself, right?
1: He's a he's a firefighter, volunteer firefighter by day and an MC by night. Runs his whole shop out of his apartment. I mean, if you order vinyl from him and you order CDs from him, you'll you'll get a cautiously worded message. Please be patient with me. <laughs> I don't go to the post office every day, so it's going to take a while to fulfill your order.
0: That's hustle, though. It's amazing. That's hustle.
1: It's amazing. Now, I will admit, uh, I've not been listening to Kyle for a lo- like from the beginning. He mm-hmm. it, it, it came to my attention a couple years ago because. Some fucking right-wing newspaper <laughs> in New York got wind of his uh, one of his albums. Really? Because he there's a song on the album where he talk. There's violence against police.
0: Okay, right.
1: In the song, the character uh, here we go. Right. The character that he is playing in the song, like I don't even think commits an act of violence. Just expresses violent thoughts about police
0: oh we should have talked about this in episode two
1: we should we should have
0: listen to that by the way
1: <laughs> I, so i don't remember what paper it was but they like they they gave out his name really that they, they gave out like they like made it personal and i was like fuck that let me oh. let me go listen to this shit and yeah. i started listening to it and i was like this guy's amazing yeah he's amazing so he 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 feels a lot like Rock Marcy mm-hmm. or or a Knowledge Pirate, and and he's got this sort of like monotone, yeah, yeah, flow with this stripped down production that he does all himself. Um, he produces
0: everything himself.
1: Yeah, he produces it all. That himself. I did not know. He writes it all himself. Fucking packages the vinyl himself. I mean, he's a one man one man machine. Uh, he's just he's just got such a strong flow. He's a good writer.
2: Yeah, yeah, he gets good. So, Acquired some skills in the height of the veil, the rest were innate. Knew some crews and only left funerals in their way. No one explained when my sister came, Met less on my plate. For years boxing my options, wrestling with fate. If love is the message, then the message was late. Cause and large, buying firearms, investing in hate. Was born with a wrong turn on this difficult pavement. Could be the difference if you live in riches or vagin. or fight this poor, righteous, only wicked get the payment. And listen, you will miss if you think this is entertainment.
1: So Orpheus versus the sirens is sort of like his His story, his life story growing up in Brownsville. Sort of reimagined through like Greek mythology.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of a weird it's kind of an unusual delivery,
0: mm-hmm. an
1: unusual like vehicle yeah. for telling a story, but somehow it works. And I think it it all comes back to the strength of his his writing.
0: I mean, but look at Wu Tang and kind of the world they created through right. martial arts.
1: Yeah, somehow melding like the, the it worked. The street and martial arts together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean he manages to do Ka manages to do the same thing, I think, on, on Orpheus and Telling his story of growing up, you know, in, in a rough, in a rough neighborhood, but telling it through the, through the lens of Greek mythology. It's very unique. I don't know, I love it. Yeah. I, I think all his stuff is solid. Um, yeah,
0: he's, he's definitely a good rapper. Mm-hmm. I saw, um, one of his albums, I don't remember the full name of it, Samurai's in it.
1: Honor Killed the Samurai. Yeah. There you
0: go. At, um, Brewery Town Beach the other day, a local record store in Philly, um, it was like 45 bucks. And I was like, shit. Wow. I was like, this is definitely not that. Well, actually some of his vinyl is like mad bread.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, some of it's probably out of print.
0: Some of it's like, I saw one for like hundred bucks. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. Like if you are pushing this yourself, if you're getting it pressed yourself and you're fully paying for this, you got to charge some, something to make your money back. But like, I'll get you on the flip side, dog. Cause I can't afford that shit.
1: Well, I went to try and buy, um, Orpheus vs. the Sirens. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, and it sold out. And I mean, he's running it by himself, so I'm sure like yeah, it's not coming back anytime soon. So if there's a copy out there, somebody's gonna try to take advantage of the fact that they've got one of the few
0: discogs
1: in the world. Maybe, yeah, yeah.
0: they jack that shit up. I actually saw somebody bitching about him. Um, it was a collector on Instagram collects like hip hop vinyl. Um, and he was just bitching about how much rappers charge for projects like this. Because, um, I mean, I've seen it.
1: Um, well, Rock Marcy's uh, last solo album, Behold a Dark Horse. The digital was, version, yeah. He was selling it for like 30 bucks. The
0: digital version was 30 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to wait. Like, <laughs> um, And then eventually, I mean, now it's on CD and it's on Spotify. But, I mean... I. You know, on one hand, I understand it because if you aren't signed to any sort of label, if no one is fronting this money and you are solely doing this yourself, you've got to be able to make it back. Yeah. And so I get it, but on the other hand, as someone that doesn't make a lot of money that loves hip-hop, I just ain't going to be buying your stuff, dog. Like, I can't afford it like it's it's a lot of fucking money so like this guy on instagram was like going in about how these rappers charge like hundreds of dollars for their vinyl and i mean i I get both sides because that's a lot of money for a vinyl like i don't give a shit what's on it i mean whether it's tie-dye fancy whatever like but i mean it's a lot of money hundred dollars is a lot of money to you know buy a vinyl on the other hand, how much did it cost to press the vinyl? How much did it cost to make all of these vinyls? In addition of what? And so it costs a lot of money. And so,
1: well, I think with Kyle, like if you, if you're a fan and you're paying attention, a release comes out and you order it. You don't sleep on it, right? Because if you do, you know you're gonna, you might miss your chance, right. To get it. Like so, this article in, in this New York paper came out, and I went immediately to his website and purchased Honor Killed the Samurai okay. for twenty bucks. You know, and.
0: And now you see it in Brewery Town Beats for 45 Yeah. Which I think I can probably get it for cheaper. <laughs> I got an N. Yeah. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that on the air because then now I may not have an N.
1: We can edit this out. So Ka, Ka's another rapper, though, that um, has a connection to Rock. I actually am not certain what the connection to Rock Marciano is. Mm-hmm. But I know that he has very few features. Like, no guest okay. spots. Okay. On his albums, except for the occasional Rock Marciano mm-hmm. guest spot, and vice versa. I know mm-hmm. the two of them occasionally work together, which makes sense because they have a very similar sound. Right. Yeah.
0: I think Rock, I mean, this is a different conversation, but I think Rock Marciano has kept New York
1: hip-hop alive. Well, we should, I, mean, I mean, hip-hop in general. So he's, he's on your list, right?
0: He is. So he put out his new solo album this year. That is not on my list, um, because he put out another album with DJ Muggs.
1: He's actually released three albums this year.
0: So, what's the third one?
1: So, he released a a solo album earlier this year. Behold a Dark Horse. Behold a Dark Horse, yeah. The solo. Before that, The Bitter Dose.
0: The Bitter Dose? RR2. Ah, that was this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, three this year. So, Behold a Dark Horse and Bitter Dose... They're not on my list. Um, <laughs> the third, the third album is. Um, so he did a collaborative effort with DJ Muggs, who's with Cypress Hill, um, and has done a lot of other uh, projects um, in the game. But they put on an album, put out an album called Chaos. And I didn't know this, but I found out later that it's actually kind of a lead up to a movie that they're hmm. going to be involved in next year that they're releasing. Okay, and. And hearing the album and then knowing that makes sense, just because of the how the album is kind of formatted. But it is good shit. Um, this works. This combination works. Yeah. And so this is what we're talking about with rappers and producers sort of teaming up. Maybe, maybe you know you haven't folks that haven't worked together necessarily before, but teaming up and creating this fresh sound. And I feel like that's what Chaos is. It's it's really good. The beats are really good. And, and again, it's sort of set up like a movie. Like the intro sounds like the beginning of a movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I'm really curious to see what the movie's going to be about now. They're both in it.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what works about the album is Muggs doesn't like... Similar to what we were saying about um, Flint Rock, Muggs' production doesn't overpower Marcy. No. Like Rock Marcy. Like you still... You still have to focus in, on on his flow, on his story, which I think is what makes it work.
0: Yeah, I, I really I really appreciated this combo. It it just really worked for me. I'm
1: kind of curious now. Rock Rock Marciano has such an interesting story. I'm curious now about the relationship with Mugs and how far back it goes.
0: You know, I don't know, and I, I feel like I never can tell because of the connectivity in hip hop. Like, I, I swear to God, every single day I find out that this person knew that person. They've known each other for this many years. Like, it just... There's so many connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and it blows my mind um, every time I find a new one. You know, I, I, I all that to say, I have no idea. Like, you know, and Rock's been around for a while. And obviously, Muggs has too. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they've crossed paths.
1: I feel like I must have.
0: Way before they did this.
1: Right. It's so it's actually funny to think about this because I don't know exactly what's going on but I've seen talk about flip mode squad like uh reuniting yes incidents. I've
0: seen that yeah and
1: it's just fun to imagine what flip mode squad would actually look like with rock marciono like actually a part of it because Buster rhymes like Buster rhymes put him on I mean he, yeah, si- yeah, he s- did. signed him he did signed him back in in the late 90s uh-huh. and uh Never went anywhere. And I don't know. It's interesting yeah. to think about. But he's certainly carved out a lane for himself and been a significant influence. Oh, yeah. Without anyone really knowing about it, I don't think.
0: Yeah. He sounds like a really hard working dude, too. Yeah. You know, I've heard interviews with him and he just, he keeps pushing. And I think, you know, he was influenced by other people because he talked about Buster Rhymes and their relationships and, and he was just saying how hard Busta, Busta works. So... You know, literally saying like, when you're sleeping, he's in the studio. Mm. You know, he never stops working, and so I, I, you know, I wonder if he sort of, kind of was influenced by that worth ethic. I'm sure he was in, in his own in his own um, career. Mm, yeah. I mean, three <laughs> three albums in one year is a lot. Mm-hmm. That is a lot. Yeah, um, you know, and on, on top of touring, he's on tour with Action Bronson. Okay. They're actually coming here sometime in the new year, but, you know, so that's, I mean, that's not a small feat.
1: No. Not at all. It's a lot of effort.
0: Yeah. So yeah, made the cut. Chaos.
1: Chaos. Mugs. Check
0: that shit out.
1: I'm starting to realize that uh, perhaps a lot of the stuff we have on our list is older. The artists are older than we, than I may have initially considered.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, there's some young ones on mine. Younger ones.
1: Yeah. But,
0: yeah, a lot of folks on here aren't... A lot of mine are old. I think it's speaks big start
1: taste. I guess so. So, uh, one album that I love this year is Jean Grey, who I kind of forgot about, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Jean, Jean Grey and uh, Kweli Chris, Everything's Fine. Mm-hmm. I remember... Sweet
0: album cover, by the way.
1: Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, the album cover play, it, it represents so much of what I love about the record, and that is... This, their sense of humor uh-huh. right they uh-huh. there are they're talking about some pretty serious like societal yeah. and political yeah. issues i was just listening to breakfast of champions this afternoon i mean a uh, song about waking up and learning about yet another uh, victim of police brutality yeah. but they managed to <laughs> they managed to address it or talk about these issues with a sense of humor which is uh, just so refreshing also makes it like digestible and approachable.
0: I think you sort of have to. <laughs> it provides some sort of relief um, to the atrocities of the real world, you know, but they still manage to get the point across. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And, and, in some regards, it um, it feels more effective. Mm-hmm. You know, I was listening to Talib Kwali. It was an old episode of um, Microphone Check with Ali Muhammad. And Kwali was talking about how back in the 80s, early 90s, the movement was to sort of talk directly about, in plain terms, yeah. plain spoken, about political issues and racism and and, yeah. and things like that. And we've sort, of, we've sort of moved into a time where we don't talk about it, at least uh, from an artistic perspective, quite as, as blunt. I think there are a bunch of reasons for that, which we don't need to get into in this episode. But the beauty, I think, or the, or the creativity of Everything's Fine, of Gene Grey and Pauly Chris, is that they managed to to look directly into the issue, mm-hmm. but to do it with a sense of humor, which makes it more tolerable, just makes it easier to digest.
0: Do you think that that was done on purpose, or do you think that that's just their style?
1: I don't really know the answer to that question. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I haven't listened to Gene Grey since, like, yeah. For like 10 years. Yeah. I, I can remember a time when Jean Grey was being hailed as like the next great female MC. Mm-hmm. Like she was a sensation. Yeah. And honestly, don't know the whole st- I don't know the story. I don't know what happened. But, you know, I stopped hearing about her. Yeah. It hasn't really been since, I think, 2004 mm-hmm. when she released her like first full length. And I kind of forgot about her since then so yeah. I don't I don't really know um, I mean it certainly sounds intentional I mean just from the beginning like the first track is this like sketch yeah it's like a game show yeah of people who have <laughs> fucked up situations mm-hmm. who yeah are telling you hey everything's fine how you doing mm-hmm. your your life is completely ruined oh, everything's fine yeah so I don't know about their their like approach or their overall style but it certainly seems like, for this record at least, like mm-hmm. it was very intentional to come at it from this sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek, um, sarcastic, yeah. satir- satirical yeah. um, perspective.
0: I don't know. I appreciate both angles. I like when people get to the point and they're like, no, fuck this, this is what is up. you know. And I think you're right. In the early 90s, that's what the deal was. And even before then. But I also appreciate... The other version of that, in that you know, kind of like dropping these subtle clues to a bigger issue, um, and I think you almost have to be more creative when you do that. Yeah, there's, you know, I'm thinking of a TV show that I watch. It's called Insecure. Um, Issa Rae um, is the creator of the show, and and you know they they do that on Insecure. They address issues like gentrification you know, um, this show is set in Englewood and they sort of like have her in one scene walking down and sort of just looking like, what's going on? Because she grew up there her whole life and she's like walking down the street and she's just kind of like noticing little things. But she doesn't say, you know, this is bullshit. Like people are, you know, it's just kind of this subtle approach. Yeah. Um, and, and I appreciate that as well. And sometimes I think... When you are trying to speak to a larger audience, I think when you do stuff like that, I think people have to pay attention more mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily, you know, somebody's kind of saying to you, like, you shouldn't do this versus somebody kind of giving you these subtle clues and you're just kind of thinking more. Mm-hmm. I think people sort of are more apt to listen and pay attention.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think an album like Everything's Fine is an album like for the choir, like... Right, you are making that. It's it has, it felt to me like an album for people who already understand, mm-hmm. who already know, and need something to like commiserate with. Right, you know, as opposed to like uh, I also want to talk about spoiler, <laughs> Armand Hammer or Armand Hammer, whichever you prefer, and the subtlety that those two guys use and mm-hmm. talking about issues,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is more insidious. It's more like uh, maybe insidious isn't the right word. It's, it's, it's subtle in an effort to perhaps appeal to a broader audience. Okay. Right. I, don't, I don't know. It seems more educational in some, right. in some way.
0: Right. Right. And not that you, because I'm always torn between that because I don't think that people should have to censor themselves to cater to anyone else because this is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it can be tool to better reach folks. And again, I think you have to be more creative when you are using a subtle tone versus being direct and saying these are the cold hard facts I don't know both both approaches are interesting
1: yeah i I think that Jean Gray and Quale Chris were were coming from a perspective like you we all know this is ridiculous sure right? we all know that this is crazy mm-hmm. uh, but yet we're still we're still doing it this is what we're doing right yeah. Which, yeah, which I think is quite different than than like Ar- Armand Hammer. Who, uh, those two guys are are coming from a f- perspective that's more like this is fucked up, and this is how this is how you need to see it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was a little heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> so, speaking of women in hip hop. Cardi B made my list um, for several reasons. So I, I will fully admit I was not a Cardi B fan when she first came out. And so I wasn't privy to her mixtapes. I didn't listen to them. The first song I heard was Bodak Yellow and I hated it. Hmm. Hated it. Wow. Um, you know, it, it was, you know, I was kind of fed up and it's, I'm still fed up with the homogeneous sound. And so when I heard it immediately i was just like here we go again you know it it sounds like shit that i've already heard and i completely dismissed it then i went and i said you know what i'm gonna listen to something else that she did i just kind of want to get a feel who she is and i went and i listened to red bars which is something that she did it's not actually on one of her mixtapes it's just a single that she put out and i heard red bars and I was blown away. Mm. Say what you want about Cardi B. Say what you want about our antics. Say what you want about her beef with whoever. She can spit and yeah. she can deliver rhymes. And I realized that when I listened to Red Bars. I was immediately sold. And I listened to both of her mixtapes after that. And then as soon as Invasion of Privacy came out, which is the album on my list, I downloaded that bitch. Um, I was, I was sold by that. Um, and so she is just, I love how authentic she is. Um, to me, that's hip hop. She doesn't apologize where she came from. She doesn't apologize who she was in the past life. She's very honest about where she, where, you know, who she is, um, and who Cardi B is. And I love it. And you know, she has, if you've watched her at all and paid attention the kind of endorsement deals that she has gotten is is fucking insane. You know, she went from a stripper to to getting all these like clothing deals and deals with Amazon. It's it's insane. Um and but in all of that, she's never ever compromised who she is, and that's what I love about Cardi B. In addition to her rapping skills because I'm telling you The girl can rap
1: get no argument from me
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know she's straight new york i i just i love it and and for me you know lyrics are important production is important but delivery is also important you've got to be able to spit you've got to be able to flow for me um and she can do both
1: i think what's also overlooked perhaps is her brand of feminism
0: yes absolutely She's absolutely a feminist.
1: So one of the things that I appreciate about Invasion of Privacy is, as you're saying, like the authenticity of it. Mm-hmm. But also her like, um, there's like, there's like a refusal to compromise. There's a, there's a, like I love her saying, uh, like, yeah, I stripped, but I didn't fuck. Yeah. And there is a difference. No way. And you yeah. can't make an assumption. So forget what you think you know. Yeah. And I did it for a reason. Like you know, I had bills to pay i had to get by yeah and
0: And that's real shit right yeah but she i i I like that she i mean she's unapologetic but i like that she sort of also fights for women too to be who they are and to do what they have to do to make it Mm -hmm. you know and she is a feminist in that way i mean listen to get up 10 Mm -hmm. that is such a feminist song you know and she's i don't think that she's a traditional feminist and a traditional whatever, mm. if you want to define, you know, however you want to define feminism. But she she definitely is a feminist um, and she fights for women and their right to live their lives however the fuck they want to live it.
1: And and sort of like, the I don't know, the opposite of that or the, the other side of that is her, uh, the way she addresses sort of masculinity. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking specifically of invasion of privacy and, you know, like... Talking about the, the sort of typical or traditional power dynamics and mm-hmm. how in relationships and how they're yeah. fucked up, yeah. How they don't make any sense and how they don't work for women, right?
0: And she's also telling <laughs> men to be careful, mm-hmm. don't fuck with me, you know. And I like that because you know she ex- ex- explains the dynamics, but she's also saying I'm not going to back down. And this is what I won't stand for. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's feminism. You're defining your terms. And if whoever doesn't like it, fuck off.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you what feels different for me about Cardi B versus, like, I don't know, Lil Kim. Mm-hmm. Is with Kim, it always felt like exploitative in some way. Right. Like that she, I feel like I need to tread lightly here, but she felt like she had to expose her, like, Dress a certain way. Right. Um, behave a certain way. Right. To achieve success.
0: And I think a lot of that has to do with the culture in the game. hmm Right. But...
1: I don't necessarily get that from, from Cardi.
0: No. I think she does it because she wants to do it, if she does it. hmm And that's the key word, if she decides to do it. I don't know, because I-, I think little Kim is sort of a feminist in her own way, too, because she kind of allowed sex to be okay and i appreciate it because how many men are in the rap game and talk about fucking whoever you know and all kinds of shit but here she comes and she's she's giving the perspective of a woman and saying that it's okay to say what i'm saying you know so i appreciate it that way but i understand what you're saying too because it almost felt forced like she had to do that
1: it uh, it felt to me like she was playing the role Yeah. She she was, she, at times, Kim, Kim was like playing the role that men expect her to play.
0: I understand that. Yeah. And I almost, I don't want to say she didn't have a choice because she did because you didn't, MC Light didn't do that. Queen Latifah didn't do that. Right. Missy Ella didn't do that. Right. You know, so there was a choice.
1: But none of those, none of, I think what makes Cardi unique. Is none of the women you just mentioned mm-hmm. were ever seen as sex symbols. They weren't. They were never seen as like attractive or sexy or...
0: So like that's the kind of price you pay, quote unquote, to go that route. You're not pretty if you're not up here exposing yourself or shaking your ass. Mm-hmm. But I think now Cardi has a choice. So whether she's exposing herself or fully clothed or whatever, I think that she's defining the finding things on her own terms.
1: It seems to me to be a more balanced... Right. ...sort of representation.
0: Right. And, you know, I, I don't know... I don't know what the game was like for, for Kim or Foxy back then. I don't know if they felt pressured to do that. I don't know if it was just them saying, this is who the fuck I am, and this is what I'm going to do. I felt a little bit of both with Kim, you know, but I definitely think, like you said, with Cardi, there's a balance. And... You know, it seems as though she is very vocal about saying, I'll do what I want to do, whether it it doesn't matter, you know, and I think that she exercises, she's exercises the balance more. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's because she has more of a choice, you know, in the business now. I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I would, I'd be curious to know where that motivation come came from, you know, like. What did did little Kim feel like she was pressured to do that to to play that role, or is that who she really was?
1: I don't know if you believe. Uh, did you see the Notorious film? Yes. I mean, if you believe everything in the film, then you then you're led to believe that she was pressured into playing right. that role. That's it's what
0: you got to be sexy. You gotta, other people yeah. decided
1: she needed to be in order right. to be successful. Right. Which is chalked up. I mean, that's
0: it is and. I'm sure Cardi B is getting the same sort of shit and you know like I but again I think like you said it feels a little bit different Mm -hmm. it feels more on her terms so I don't know
1: all we know is we like Cardi she has skills (laughs) she can spit invasion of privacy made the list man we got a lot to talk about still it's too
3: late for dialogue man talk to who she ain't raised no fool, I rode through Idaho like dual This game they don't explain the rules Packed house, pewter vegetables Blue vegetables, earthy vegetable notes, barely legible But no less true, like we won't always be cool This America, somebody, somebody got to gots lose to Not I, set the cat off, went to Gat Let the lawyer litigate while he sit back The perpetrator was a different shade of black Beat the case, said let him eat cake in his rap Weapon in my face, all I could see was his lips chat. Wouldn't recognize him if I saw him today Chokehold, slowly closed the airway The sunken place, I can't stay We built it on We're Indian grave. grave, the, the lead can Christmas Eve, again with the rattling chains Molly's ghost must miss something I smoke. Streets soot choke, courthouse overflowed the, the shit broke, broke. he was waiting for us to go To break out the coke She said she's still having fun, she'll see me at home
1: Alright, so another uh, another album that I love from this year that I've already talked a little bit about is Paraffin from Armand Hammer, which is a duo, Elucid and Billy Woods. And the truth is, um, honestly, I, I have really been into everything that Elucid has done this year. He's got another project with, um, with another rapper called Milo, they go by the name of. Nostrum Grocers, which is an interesting name, <laughs> but still still really dope. And he released a solo album this year uh, that's also solid. Um, but Paraffin with Billy Woods uh, is probably my favorite of those three. And uh, for the reasons, some of the reasons that I already mentioned, you know, it's a lot of um, sort of political, social commentary on Paraffin, but it's subtle. It's not like Gene Gray's and, and Kwele Chris's. Sort of hits you over the head with satire. It's subtle, and it's reflected in the music. The production is really like dissonant. And um, what I've appreciated about Elucid is his like willingness to kind of uh, step outside the box. He does a lot of the production himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, he works with other people too, but a lot of it he's producing himself. And um, you know, I read an interview with him earlier this year. He talked about how he's been listening to a lot of like ambient. Music and a lot of noise, mm. and I don't know that you necessarily pick that up in the production on Paraffin, but it's definitely it definitely has a dissonance to it. It's okay. it's dark and it's kind of gritty, yeah. and some of it does feel like like a throwback to like dusty sort of basement sounds that you might find in early nineties hip hop,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it certainly reflects the mood. Of the no. record, Elucid has like not been quiet about the Trump administration and politics of our time. Sort of predicting Trump's victory mm. in two thousand sixteen. I did too. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I you know I, I appreciate the the realness in Paraffin and both both Elucid and Billy Woods like willingness to to like take us down some dark paths.
0: I think noise, natural sounds, play a a big role sometimes in production. I remember I used to work for a a magazine in Philly, just a small publication. And I remember interviewing a singer-songwriter from the UK. And she just said how she would go around and record just different sounds. Like the one time, I forget what setting was in, but somebody had dropped a piano And she recorded the sound and sort of used it later. And I think that's so interesting, you know, especially in hip hop. We, you know, there's such a a kind of a reliance on, you know, you know, drums and um, sort of hooks from like maybe old R&B songs or rock songs even. But to use natural sound, I think, especially in hip hop, is so creative to do.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know how much like found sound, Elucid or or Armand Hammer mm-hmm. is using in their production, but I do think there are at times periods of the of the album when there might be familiar sounds. Okay. Sounds that like you you might imagine yourself hearing on a dark night, okay, in a city street, okay, and I think that can be very useful in creating a sort of presence. Okay. Right, that yeah. you that you uh, you suddenly become aware of the sounds, and it makes you, it like grounds you somehow.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: That it it provides a context in which you can sort of stand mm-hmm. and uh, and sets it sets the tone.
0: Right, sure.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. I've been really I've been really into uh, Lucid stuff this year. This is not to you know discredit Billy Woods. I mean, both both of their uh, writing is um i think rather rather deep and prolific Mm -hmm. um i think to be able to talk about some of the the relevant like political issues of our time but to talk about them in a way that's that is metaphorical or or subtle in some way takes a great deal of skill because there's a lot of things to be angry about there's a lot to feel uh you know really sad and and depressed about um and to try and talk about uh, these like deep and heavy issues without all of that feeling, I think takes some takes some great creativity.
0: Yeah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I can barely talk about that stuff in, in just a, a regular conversation, not even spitting bars, um, without getting angry. So I can't imagine.
1: Yeah, it's good shit. Yeah. Um.
0: So next on the list is uh, J Cole. Uh, Kod, mm-hmm. um, I think Jay Cole has become a standard for just good rap of today,
1: yeah.
0: which I'm I'm fine with. Um, no, I, I I really respect Jay Cole. He's uh, very talented. Um, he does a lot of his own production, um, which I always appreciate. Um, this is somebody that can do both.
1: Yeah,
0: you know because he's a very good lyricist um, and. You know, K- KOD is no exception. It's good. Um, I mean, you know, and and I love J. Cole because he always gets into real shit and he's not afraid to sort of talk about issues that are near and dear to him, issues that have affected him and his life. He's not really shy when it comes to that. And I, I really, I really appreciate that about him, that, that authenticity um, and that it comes from such a personal place. Um, and you can say that about a lot of his albums. There's a couple of tracks where he does that on Kod. I also like how Jay Cole um, on Kod specifically tries to reach younger rappers. Forget the particular guy he's talking to um, in the one song, but this kid—he's a young rapper now. He dissed Jay Cole, and Jay Cole kind of did a rebuttal, and this is a song. But J. Cole addresses this fellow rapper in a trauma-informed way, and I appreciate that. You know, he doesn't come at him and say, fuck you, you don't know what you're talking about, I'll get out of here. He kind of try and, tries to level with the rapper and just say, look, man, I know you're young, I know you want to talk about partying and having sex with girls, doing drugs. It's, it's part of your life, you're a kid, like I get it, but... You sort of have to evolve at some point, and yeah. you have to know that people are hearing this. People are hearing what you're saying, and that's how they're looking at you. Yeah. So just kind of be mindful of that. Yeah. And so I really appreciated that approach because I don't know that older rappers, and J. Cole isn't even that old when you consider him, you know, consider his like longevity in the game. It's, it, you know, it's his career is not that um, not that long. But just as an older rapper, making his way through, seeing these younger rappers come into the game, I appreciate that he's kind of taking the time to try to just, you know, instill some sort of value in them. Just as somebody who's kind of seen things and has been in their position, has been young and kind of evolved and grew and just say, like, look, man, like, I get it. But like, come on, you know, I I don't know that everyone does that in hip hop. Um, And I think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's, you know, either you don't say anything at all or you are Eminem on Kamikaze and you are just like, eh, nah, you motherfucker, you idiot. Like, and and I just, like, I get it. I get the frustration because I'm really frustrated with, you know, mainstream hip hop right now. But I also think that you've got to have to find a middle ground, and maybe that's the social worker in me. You know, and I think J. Cole does that on KOD. Like, he really tries to reach young rappers and youth in general. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that about this album.
1: Yeah, it comes from a place of maturity. Right. That I don't I don't know. We hear a lot of, especially from, like, mainstream, mainstream rappers. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Cole is, like, you know, one of the torchbearers
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the game right now. Right. Was that him?
0: It was not him accident it was it was i uh, <laughs> i was trying to um remember the song that he's talking to to this this kid in and it's 1985 yeah i just I, I don't know i just appreciate him um on so many different levels and again i think he just become a standard in what good hip-hop is in 2018 and you know currently and he doesn't have you know boom bap beats You know, he he does his own production and it's, you know, his sort of his signature style. And so I would say some of the flow is a little bit contemporary to what's going on now, Mm -hmm. but it's still good. And I like that I can kind of find that silver lining in in that flow because I I don't always appreciate it with these newer rappers. But I think it's also has to do with lyrical content.
1: Absolutely. My favorite part of K.O.D. is... (laughs) Sort of advertisement for mindfulness and yeah meditation as opposed to substance use.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's a needed message.
0: Yeah, agree.
1: Speaking of substance use, we got to talk about Pusha teeth. and I, I have a feeling it's going to bring up some negative feelings for you. <laughs> but you can't deny Daytona. I don't. I don't. I. I don't think you can deny Daytona.
0: I can because I never listened to it.
1: You never listened to it? No. Not I, at all?
0: No. I not one snippet, not one preview, nothing. This is
1: a Kanye protest, isn't it?
0: It is. And, you know, I, I, I'm very aware that if I'm a hip-hop fan and I'm doing something, especially like a podcast, you kind of have to set your beliefs aside for a minute and hear everything, especially when you're critiquing albums. I refuse to listen to Daytona um, and anything that Kanye put out. and so
1: Except you listen to I Nasir. Did,
0: I did listen to Nasir, and I'm going to tell you why. I listened to Nasir because it was Nas. That's why I listened. Because Nas is one of my favorite rappers, and so I broke it down for him. Pusha T has never been high on my list. He's never been somebody that I've sort of – you know ad- admired or you know thought was like one of the best in the game like he's never been that for me so i guess if he was then maybe i would approach this differently but i just
1: you he, you never listen to clips
0: i did but like not like that you know what i mean like it just wasn't like he's never been like high on my radar hmm. now i i'm not i'm not gonna lie listen to some of his older works and he's good you know, like, I don't think he's a bad rapper, but he's just not one of my personal favorites. He's just not. And so when Daytona came out and, you know, Kanye was in this wave of producing these fucking 30-minute albums, <laughs> um, I just was not feeling this one. And there comes a time, I think, in hip-hop and in life in general, for me at least, when, you know, personal beliefs and values come into play with, you know, artist's work sure. and this is one of those times for me so i did not appreciate that they used whitney houston's infamous bathroom picture where she was clearly using or about to use drugs like i just didn't appreciate that i I agree i thought that it was a total i told they totally exploited her her legacy her family is still living they had to see that shit all over again and the picture had already been out there i get it But I just didn't think that it needed to be used in this case. For fucking what? And so, you know, I talked about Flintlock and I talked about, you know, knowledge, speaking on the game and, you know, tales of drug, you know, um, kind of trapping and, and, you know, being in the drug game. And I know that Pusher does that a lot because he was in the game. But I feel like that's all
1: he does. That's because you have not listened to Daytona.
0: Okay, so I've not listened to Daytona, so maybe I shouldn't speak on Daytona because I really don't have anything to. I don't. I don't really have anything to say about it because I haven't listened to it. So I will let you talk about it, <laughs> and we'll go from there. But that is why I didn't listen to it.
1: First of all, I think I when we were talking about Knowledge of the Pirate, I think I may have been saying the wrong album title. <laughs> Every time I refer to it, and it's Flint
0: It's Flint not yes. Flint Rock. Right. Which yeah. I
1: think I was saying Flint Rock. So I just like to go on record. It's Flint By acknowledging that. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with anything that you said. I have a lot of problems with Kanye, and um, fucking hated his solo record. Um, it's a piece of shit.
0: Haven't listened to that either.
1: I listen to all of it. I listen to all of his releases this year, um mostly out of curiosity and and somewhat out of nostalgia, you know, hoping for Kanye of two thousand four but um I don't know you I can't deny if if he would just shut his fucking mouth
0: mm-hmm.
1: and stick to producing music, it'd be really nice because his work honestly, his work on Daytona is really good it's it's undeniable.
0: I've heard that was out of that series, I've heard that was the best one.
1: Yeah, I mean I think Nasir is probably uh close second, but the production on Daytona is is good, and I think it is f- the first time in a long time, maybe since Clips mm-hmm. and and Neptunes were working together, that Push has like been on a record that actually sounds like it belongs to him. Like okay. it fits, it works. Okay, and I agree. I have problems with uh, with artists, with MCs that can't seem to move on from from right. from life in the streets. And I don't know why, but I always make an exception for Push. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like he's good about talking about the game. And but this album feels a little different. Like he he acknowledges his past in the game, but is also like coming at things from like an elder statesman in hip-hop and i don't know i don't know what else to say other than uh, he
0: i think he does i don't think he comes at it because i did read the lyrics i don't think he comes at it from necessarily glorifying it like i'm still like i still got one foot in the game and this is what it is i think he's rapping from a veteran's perspective yeah. And saying, like, this is what we were, like, and the fruits of my labor or because of it. So, like, you know, which whatever. Like, if that was your past, that was your past. And, like, you know, maybe, you know, it just seems like he was still talking about this empire. And I get it. And I'm not saying, like, there's other albums where he discuss serious shit on top of talking about being in the game. I will recognize it. I just... I don't know, I was turned off by it for for a few different reasons and that was just my personal choice. Again, I'm aware that I kind of need to put things aside sometimes when I'm doing projects like this and, and, and doing this show because you've got to have a perspective and you've got to be able to listen to music and to talk about it, so I get it, but this is just something that I said no to. <laughs> um, yeah, I made it, yeah, I made an exception for Nasir and... And you know, that album is good. Um, And I I was kind of confused because I just got so mad because there are lyrics and verses from Kanye on there that are fucking good. And they're (laughs) old Kanye. And I'm just like, what are you doing? And honestly, I have a theory. If you listen to his albums, you can tell when he starts to lose it, in my my opinion.
1: I I think when he starts to lose it, it's it's him. The problem happens the the issues occur when it's all him right if you go back and you listen to old kanye Mm -hmm. old kanye is not kanye i mean he's not writing that shit he's got someone else writing for him
0: do you think he wrote on my beautiful
1: no i don't
0: you don't i I think
1: i think he wrote some of it
0: okay i don't think he wrote all of it i think that was the beginning of the end and he says it on there i believe that he was warning everyone uh, for, on that album,
1: but but uh, until beautiful, so we could do a whole fucking episode about Kanye. Oh, we could. We could do a whole series about we Kanye. could before fantasy. Yeah. Rhyme fest. Yeah. Was writing all his shit. Yes. And that's why it didn't sound crazy.
0: Okay. So I always knew that Kanye wasn't like the best. If you're a good MC, you can freestyle. Even if you freestyle previously written material, you can get on the mic and you can freestyle. Mm-hmm. Seeing Kanye freestyle, it ain't pretty. You know, I w- with that with all that said, like I was always sort of aware that all of this wasn't coming from him. Like,
1: yeah, I know. Do you
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, I, which I get, but like, so you're saying that when he stopped letting people write for him, this is what we get. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. And so you believe if he had never let anyone write for him, this is what it always would have been. I so
1: I don't know if I can say that. Okay. Definitively, like through the wire. Yes. I don't know how I hear you hear it through the wire. I hear it through the wire, and I think like that is that shit is so personal. Like I don't know how he,
0: had his, he did it when his fucking jaw was wired. Right. Yeah. So who's right? Like
1: the he had in my mind he had to have written that. Right? Yeah. So. I don't know if it's as simple as saying, like, if if he writes his own shit, yeah. it's terrible. I think I think it's co- it's more complicated than that. Right. Like, something happened along the way, I, and you can make an argument that it had to do with his mom or whatever. Uh, something changed. I do think that the more he has control now, the shittier it sounds. And I'm very interested. So, one of my former classmates was his head studio engineer, mm. who I have... I have since I have learned since the, the Wyoming sessions has been let go. Uh, so I'm I'll be very curious as to what happens in the future yeah. with Kanye and, and his sound and, and his music.
0: Yeah, I think he's very fickle right now because he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I think he go ahead.
1: But trying to bring this back to Daytona and push, the one thing that is not on Daytona that is on Nasir is Kanye's like recognizable like ego
0: with the singing and
1: stuff oh my god it just ruined Nasir for me like they get to a certain point on Nasir and it's like this is Kanye's fucking slapping me in the face with his bullshit yeah and that's not on Daytona he contributes one verse and it's not fucking terrible and then he goes away and if it wasn't for that one verse and all the publicity you might never know that Ye had anything to do with his record.
0: I hear it. I hear you, but no. Um, <laughs> I, I I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm fed up with him, and I, I'm I'm almost mad at myself for listening to last year because I don't want to give him any of my fucking coins or attention. I'm really sick of that, um, and I think that's the problem with him now because I really do think that he has is suffering from mental illness. I really do believe that. Yeah. At the same time, that's not an excuse to behave the way he did. You still got to be accountable for your actions, mental health or not. Anyhow, I just, I don't know. I don't want to give him any attention. None. None. And I know that's kind of hard because I think that he is a genius. I think that he, in production-wise, holy shit. Like, he has done some amazing fucking stuff. And I think he's capable of doing more amazing things, but I just can't. I'm just fucking done. Mm-hmm. And to even go back now, I'm just like, I haven't even listened to this old shit. And I was, a, I was such a huge fan of him. And I think that's why I'm so disappointed. I mean, I, you can almost, to me, you can hear the breakdown and it starts with my beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, I'm losing my mind. And then after that, I mean, Jesus, holy shit. Like that's, he's done that. He's gone. Jesus, he was gone in. Um, there were a few good verses. That's it. But he is gone in Jesus. He was still there somewhat in my beautiful. That was it. That was the last ounce of Kanye that we're going to get. In my opinion, that was it.
1: But well, you might be right.
0: Anyways,
1: <laughs> moving on. All right.
0: That so. was far
1: more attention. And I, I, and I knew,
0: and I sort of knew, I, when when I found out this was on your list, I knew that we were going to talk about him. And I can't help myself because I'm, he makes me so angry. And I think, like, and I'm wrapping this up after this, but I think it's because I really admired him. Um, I really looked up, I don't know if I looked up to him as the right word because I don't want to be in hip-hop in that way. But I just thought he was... You know, I really liked him. I liked, I loved his music. I liked the message he was delivering, whether he was writing the lyrics or not. I really liked him, and so it was. Re- it's really disappointing because I feel like you connect with people through their music, and so it was disappointing for me. I don't know, I don't fucking know him, and never met him. You know, but
1: I hear, I hear that. I just, and I, and I, as much as I can, I can empathize yeah. from where you're coming from. I don't want to take anything away from Push. This is a fucking solid sure. record. Sure that I think he deserves some credit for.
0: Congratulations, Push. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I want to talk about him and Drake even though I don't want to talk about it, but I feel like we need to.
1: But the uh, so the other thing, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. The the other thing I love about I love about Daytona is his willingness to go there.
0: Right, with Drake.
1: It's not just Drake. I mean, he does doesn't ever say Drake's name, but He's talking about Drake. I mean, he, he references Baby and Wayne. And he, he, how could you not, how could you live in Philadelphia and hear someone like give props to Meek Mill and not like respect that? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I appreciated his willingness to, to like go after people because that, that doesn't happen all the time anymore.
0: So yeah, he, that's so funny because I don't know. I, I think that there are two sides to it now. And it's it's sort of like no, what are you talking about? Everything goes when you are battling. What do you mean? Like that's the art of battling. Versus, mm, no, you can't you can't be talking about like this and that person. They ain't got nothing to do with it. Blah blah blah. So there's two different sides now. And it wasn't always like that. It was you. It was anything goes no forever. <laughs> uh, I mean, even in rappers' verses, like talking about being iller than an AIDS patient, I mean, that's not really the most PC thing to say. I, you know, there's just kind of this, there's divide now. And I, I was reminded of it by, um, this fucking, which I always think is big beef, with Pusha T and Drake, because Drake wanted to apparently knock Pusha T out, because he talked about Drake's friend who was very ill and dying. And who started this beef? I don't even fucking remember. See, I, like, beefing is just, for me, I don't really pay attention to it, especially now because I think it's a ploy. I think a lot of it is fake. I think a lot of it is about wreck sales and not actually the art of battling. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, meh. Like, especially that whole Mill Mildred shit. I was like, this is so fucking stupid. Like, I just can't get into it. Now, when you're talking about real fucking rap battlers like Nas and Jay-Z and you're talking about Ether, then I'm going to pay attention
1: because... That shit doesn't happen anymore. But it
0: doesn't. And it doesn't. But I think a lot of it has to do with... I think a lot of it is a game. I think a lot of it is about getting money.
1: You think it's about just, like, exposure and...
0: Sometimes I do, yeah. I don't, like, where's... I don't... I think the art is lost because it is an art. You gotta be good to be able to battle somebody. Yeah, I know. You can't just be bringing all kinds of bullshit, and especially like, and I'm not trying to go in on him, but like to me, I don't, I don't really throw in Drake in the hip hop category. Not my definition of it anyway. Um, he's more pop rap to me. But anyways, he sings too fucking much. Right, and that honestly, that's why I appreciate him more. So he's more pop R and B to me. He's not really hip hop. But anyways. Especially with people like him, like, I know he don't write all his shit. So, like, Mm. I would, I mean, maybe he does. I would be surprised if he did. I would be really surprised if he wrote every single line of these rebuttals and rap battles. I would be super duper surprised.
1: That's why Push goes in on him.
0: Right. Because I think he's calling him out and saying, like, "Uh." Mm -hmm. Because I don't doubt that Pusha T writes his own lyrics. Mm Mm-mm. Uh, I don't think anybody else is doing that shit for him. But, yeah, so a lot of that shit now is commercial for me, and I just can't get into it. I hear that. But, anyways, that was... Anytime I hear Pusha T, it just reminds me of Drake and how Drake wanted to punch him. So, yeah. Which, are you going to punch Pusha T? I don't know. I don't think you will. <laughs> I, would,
1: I would recommend it against that.
0: Yeah, I don't think you should. Anyhow, moving along. Um, So, next album on my list is another... Combo. Another duo. Um, So, OC, Diggin' the Crates member, and P.F. Cuttin'. They released an album this year called Opium, and it is outstanding. It it works. You know, sort of like rock and mugs. It, It just works. The combination is good. Speaking of 88, they have a song on the album called 88 in which they pay homage to the game. And that's one of the reasons. I heard that song, and that's one of the reasons that I appreciate this album so much. And the rest... Is sort of similar to that, you know, and, and I think it's because, you know, OC and Mugs, you know, they're, they've are they been in the game for a while. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that comes from because I do think it's culture. And I don't think that that's, you know, that sort of like we need to sort of honor the past is a theme that is present in 2018. Unless you are an elder, quote unquote, in the game.
1: Mm-hmm. I was surprised by this by this album. I honestly didn't know that OC was still making music. Yeah. And I was surprised by the energy on the record. Like mm-hmm. he he's still he still sounds like energized and full of life. Like he's
0: doesn't sound old to me, doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I unfortunately I think that that's something that could happen in these sort of combinations. I think people have sounded dated. Yeah. And this is not one of those albums. OC is still on top of his game. Unemployment rates high for the simple fact of numbers
3: on a very big scale. Affect me and many others. Showed on skills, hell, but I know them streets well. Left with very few options. I'm forced to steal and rob and resort in two strikes. Risking my freedom. It was army and jail in the 70s. Now it's neither because of my skin. Persecuted was my kin. even now like then. Designed for us not to win, no. A mask and no revolver, no co defended For dolo, stolen whip around the corner That trap corner's my target On the rooftop with goggles Modern day Robin Hood robbing solicitors forty dollars, yo Better beating them cops, fuckers Lay on the ground, face flat Don't make a sound, y'all know what this is Now wait about a minute to get up No less
1: Speaking until still on top of his game. Next album on my list is short but sweet, and it's Black Thought's. Oh yeah, Streams of Thought EP. Black Thought is without a doubt one of my top five, dead or alive, and Goat. We've been—I I don't know—I've been waiting for this for years. There have been rumors and talks of solo work from Black Thought for yeah for as long as I can remember, for decades.
0: I just want the whole album. I mean, there's a—it's a series, right? That's the hope. Yeah, that's what I That's what I read. Fingers crossed, but let's get a whole album in there, man.
1: I don't want to be greedy. I would love a whole album. I don't want to be greedy, though. Th- these, I don't know, what, five, six songs? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's just like a master class in rap music. Yeah. He's just so good, I mean, technically. Um, some of it, most of it, the production is like, Again, it's just like what, what I feel like I've been waiting for for years. In the roots, you know they bring their own sort of energy and there's nothing quite like them. but I think everybody's known for a long time that he's Black Thought is just a superior MC. And to hear him finally like teamed with a worthy sort of studio producer in Ninth Wonder, yeah I don't, it's just so so exciting. I don't, so good.
0: I think because he's so good it's so like I want to see him do projects with other people because he's so good I think he can do projects with anybody and make it good yeah I mean I can't remember it's on one of Rock's albums this year but he does a guest feature I think it's on Behold a Dark Horse yeah yeah and like you said it's that kind of uncut track and it's like there's no heavy like bass line or anything like that he tears it up.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you have to be. You know, I've talked about this with other people. <laughs> you have to be pretty confident as an MC to have a black thought feature, and there are not a lot of them. Yeah. And I think that's for good reason. I think, yeah, I think most people just don't want to be like out on their own song.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're gonna be with him. Yeah, almost every time. It's funny because I think that the people slept on him. But almost forgot what he was capable of, and then he rapped on Funkmaster Flex, and people were like, okay, you remember Black. Black yeah,
1: God. I mean, how many years after, like, he started?
0: Yeah, yeah. and he was fucking spitting that?
1: Right. He's just yeah. gotten better, I think. He's just I, gotten I better. Do. He...
0: I agree with that. You know, and it's it's so funny to me, because a lot of people didn't even know who The Roots were until they were on Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. People had no idea who he was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of people still don't, I think. Honestly. Unless you're in like into hip hop, but
1: yeah, I think that's just a result of like the the lane they were in, like yeah. the perspective they were coming from. Like yeah. he had been making shit with top notch producers in the '90s. Like he, I think he could have easily had a career like Jay Z has had. Like,
0: oh, absolutely, he definitely could have. Why do you think he didn't go solo?
1: I don't know. If you read some of the, so he seems like super quiet, like.
0: Yeah, I've I've listened to interviews and then I'm
1: like, and kind of personal and yeah, and the way that um, Questlove sort of talks about him, it's almost like he he doesn't have the ego, yeah, which is kind of weird because he's on national television every night, but but he certainly got the skill.
0: I think it maybe it's better for him with other yeah, I guess other people around. I mean, even if he is the one spitting a lot of the verses. It's not just him in the roots. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's always seemed. I obviously have no idea what's going on in his, his mind, <laughs> right? But, but uh, to me, it's it's just felt like he's always seemed more comfortable in that sort of yeah in that sort of environment where he's not the like sole it's not the, focus of attention, right? Spotlight down on him. Even even the, the like live shit that he does, like um, like J Period, like live mixtapes. Yeah, where he's 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 bringing like six MCs on stage with him and it's not all about him. It never is.
0: No. He just did one with, didn't he just do one with Farrah Marge and Rakim? Was that yeah, him?
1: Yeah, and was it Rakim? Yeah, it was Farrah, yeah, Farrah yeah. March and uh, one of the guys from Black Sheep Dress, I think.
0: Was somebody else? I thought it was this. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean he does these things like routinely. I'm, I'm remembering one where it was like, I think Farrah Marge was in that one too and Jadakiss and yeah, all these, all these old school MCs. I mean, he's just always putting other people on. The Roots yeah. have always done that. Yeah. I mean, go back in history and think about all the people that got their first shot with the Roots, like Beanie Siegel and mm-hmm. Eve and Jill Scott. And yeah, yeah. There's a long list of them, but Strings of Thought was just just him with a couple of guest spots. But it
0: bangs though, and I mean, as an EP, it was just
1: certainly leaves you wanting more. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Hopefully there'll be a volume two soon.
1: That's the hope. What my, else you got?
0: My last one is comes from an MC named Recognize Ali. I first heard God's Vision earlier this year, and I was sort of blown away. Um, I'd never heard any of his songs before, and the album just totally was like, what is this for me? Hmm. Um, and I first heard him on... Uh, the Take a Personal Podcast. Um, they had played one of his songs on the album I'm talking about, uh, God's Vision. They played Shiny Ski Masks, and I was just kind of like, "Damn, <laughs> it just bumps." And so, uh, I love samples, and I'm a sucker for just an old, silky smooth R&B song sampled into some um, mm. grimy boom-bap beat. Yeah. Um, and that's just what God's vision was for me. I mean, it starts out, the first song is Tomahawk Blaze and it's so, it's just so silky so smooth the beginning of it. And the sample is Sexy Ways by Hodges, James and Smith. Um, this trio that was on Motown in the seventies and it just is, you know, it just starts out almost, it almost has like kind of an eerie sound when you listen to it. Mm and and then it gets right into the verse um and it just i was so attracted to this album in that way, sexy,
2: sexy way. yeah yeah is that what Tomahawk blades, all up in your face. You're caught up in the maze like the mind of a slave. Your daughter in the cage, I slaughter your manes. Smoke a whole joint to set they cough into blaze. I give them war and kill them more in this pistol talk. Tell my nephew, get the fuck about the liquor store. don't mean shit. you sick, but I'm sick of more. Even without trees, I know G's, on Singapore. Life of a young thug, mumble rap killer. Chillin' in the villa with a fly Filipina. Hotter than Nalapena shorty mood Aquafina. My mind's still dirty, but demeanor got cleaner. I'm too cold for this rap shit. And the floor's attractive. Fuck without those who keep coke in their mattress. Go for the gusto, jump ship, so shot your buzz. Indus will never end.
0: Um, it just did it for me. And voice really matters for me. Like, I, I have to like someone's voice when they're rapping. Yeah. And he has a very
1: nice voice. Yeah, he... Um, it's an interesting record. It's an interesting album. Yeah. Because it feels to me to be some sort of bridge between, like, the, the New York, Boom Bap, Rock Marcy... Yeah, yes. ...sort of sound and... And, and there are moments on, on God's vision that if you, like, close your eyes and think hard enough, you imagine come from Wu-Tang. Like,
0: With some of the skits and stuff, I think, kind of like the movie scenes and
1: yeah, some, gangster bot. Yeah. Some of the samples, but some of the production work, too. Like yeah, this, because
0: they use a lot of, like, R&B and...
1: And, this, yeah, a lot of strings. Yeah. And, and some piano and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I wasn't surprised to hear that he and Ghost have got something in the works mm-hmm. for next year. Yeah, um, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but yeah, it's an interesting sort of, as I said, sort of bridge or like filler between the real sparse like boom bap stuff that's yeah that's becoming very popular and and some of that dusty old soul. <laughs> dusty old oh, soul. Fucking love Dusty uh, Old and th- I mean,
0: that's what it is, though. It's like these obscure R&B groups from the 70s, sometimes 60s, that no one has really ever heard of, that just find their way into these samples. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like, I never heard of this group, Sexy Ways, but I, I love that song now. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Ali did it for me, and he is—he is a hustler as well. He's had a lot of projects out um, this year. He's getting ready to have another one drop in November.
1: It's like um, three or four. Like yeah, this year, right?
0: yeah. I think this is his fourth one, actually. Wow. Islam. Okay, yeah. And so that is on its way soon, and so yeah, I just I respect the hustle of these these cats in the game now. Like they are mm-hmm. just pushing their shit out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, certainly not least for me is. Freddie Gibbs, mm. uh, definitely the my favorite album art of the year. Um, Freddie, the album, <laughs> <laughs> the album's called Freddie, and the album cover is Speaking like, of
0: sexy R and B, sexy <laughs> smooth. <laughs> is
1: it? Yeah, the the album is like the a direct uh, nod to Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah, and his album Teddy, which is which is quite. Misleading because there is fucking nothing about
0: not one similarity, Freddie. That sounds
1: silky smooth. No. I've always loved Freddie Gibbs mm-hmm. and his flow, and he always seems to find a a new way to come out things. This is this album is kind of like a return to Gangster Gibbs. He's just like yeah, full force on this record.
0: I've I've listened to him. For some years now for years actually um at this point um and i just i've always appreciated him and yeah he he does have that gangster pill and he's he will say like you know I'm keeping gangster rap alive <laughs> like I've heard him say mm-hmm. like he is sort of um continuing the spearhead the movement in the in the genre but he's a good rapper.
1: He's, yeah he's excellent
0: yeah he's just he's just a good rapper
1: I think what feels especially appealing about this record. I mean, it has helped me to know some stuff about like him and his like story in the past mm-hmm. couple of years. And where, where was he? He was arrested. Was it Australia?
0: I, I want to say, yeah, I I almost said Amsterdam. It was not, it was somewhere abroad. He was arrested for sexual assault. Yeah. And he was later found not guilty, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, Vienna. Okay.
1: So he was arrested in Austria for sexual assault and held for a significant period of time. Yeah, Right? So he gets out, and then I think it was last year, his first release after coming back was You Only Live Twice. Yes. Which was very, it was like a very conscious release, and...
0: That album cover, man. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that that record felt different. Like, suddenly he seemed very, like, self-aware, and... Mm-hmm. And it felt like serious in a way that his previous work had not. And Freddie feels completely different. <laughs> Freddie feels like uh, like like a like a release. Like if if you only live twice was I've got a new life and and uh-huh. I need to I need to be careful about how I live it. Yeah. Freddie is like fuck everything. I'm just happy to be alive. Yeah. And I'm gonna say whatever I want.
0: And I think he's been through a hell of a lot, so I get both sides of, of that.
1: Yeah, I always pay attention to what Freddie's doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've appreciated him for a while now. Um, I do think he he brings the grit to the game and continues that that aspect of hip hop, yeah. and he does it in a good way. Man, um
1: such a unique voice. Too. Yeah,
0: yes, I love his voice.
1: Mm-hmm. The voice
0: is so important to me.
1: Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a single rapper who is also from indiana
0: no and and i mean and then just knowing the little i do about indiana like shit i mean there's really not a whole lot going on there nope um and so just hearing about his he's also a really good storyteller too um and just hearing about his tales of growing up and in his hood like i can imagine
1: i think it's on pinata he's talking (laughs) about politicians getting shot in arizona And please want to hustle me while I'm on the corner. Yeah. There's something very very powerful about his perspective.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. All right. We made it. We made it. We made it all the way through our top 12 of 2018. (laughs) It took a little while, but we did it.
0: Hooray. (laughs) It's late. So that concludes our list. 2018 was wonderful. Looking forward to the new year and new releases. Um, There are a ton coming up. So we hope you enjoyed this. Um, Again, this is part two of episode three. So please listen to episode three in its entirety. Um, Stick with us. You can listen to the next movement on all major podcast platforms, except Spotify for now. Um, Hopefully that will change in the future. Uh, but check us out! Don't sleep on this.
1: I'll also add, you can find us on Instagram at T N M Philly, T N M Philly. That's the next movement, Philly. So uh, give us a follow there,
0: Peace.
2: Yeah, I like it when they play candy. You know, candy, shit. It, oh, you, get, get, it, get, get it! Yeah. Uh, Yunko okay, can't put numbers on the set for well, who you fuck with yeah. I just cut four pills up in the deal, up in the dough with me. Yeah. Just fucked up my smoker, think my smoker get my dough Bitch, yeah. Bitchy, it ain't no snitching, break, cut, don't you get your dough Slip, bust down Jubilee, fuck up a deck, I got my that's Got expensive taste, won't even take it from a broke bro yeah. Smoke that cushion, pop them Perkins, drink it, slump that bro bitch. Yeah. Back when I was broke, will not yeah. even take it from a I was 17 with a not and I'm a chop rock, got a snap box Shout out to my niggas on the lock-lock, we gon' shut it down when it knocks out Heard a fuck nigga feelings when you go and fuck a checkup at the collie like that Strap on my lap, hop out, hit him with the mat, pop-pop boom. Holes in his chest, fruit loops. pull up on the set, doo-doo Strap on my lap, hop out, hit him with the mat, pop-pop Holes in his chest, fruit loops. pull up on the set, doo-doo 100 cares on my neck, I put it on the set set, set yeah. And my wrist is dripping wet. I put it on the set set. set, set. Yeah. Copy forms off the lot. I brought it to the set set. Yeah. set, set, set. Yeah. Nigga, poppin' and drop a I did it for, it for the set set. Yeah. Rip it, rip it.